podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to, don't know what we're going to call this one, let's go with a Pro Plus or a News Round and see what tickles my fancy when I'm uploading it. But I am Guy, uh, as you can probably tell by my voice. Um, we are going to react to the madness of what has been today with the Henderson, uh, Fabinho, even Thiago sprinkled in there a little bit towards the afternoon, but we'll see if we have time to put Thiago in as well. But I'll introduce my guests, and then we'll get into said topic. Jim, how are you doing, Jim? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Nice to have a bit of transfer window activity that we can laugh at, isn't it? Yes, there's always a bit Physically. of little speculation. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and introducing guest, Trev. How are we doing, Trev? That's a uh, weirdly uncomfortable chair, uh, Guy, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to give it a bash and see if I can contribute anything to this. I, I have been... Uh, specifically and very uh, uh, um, obviously outspoken on my, how I think this is going to go. So I'm looking forward to having a chat with you guys. And I, I, what I'm looking forward to most of all is having a conversation that isn't on Twitter about this and isn't um, peopled by 50% lunatics. Uh, I think we can have a nice reasoned chat about the various pros and cons uh, of this uh, without it getting too crazy. So I'm looking forward to that, buddy. Yeah, I think we've got three balanced lads here in the old Henderson Warfield as well, so um, hopefully we have some sort of middle ground. But I'll start yes. with you, Trent. I mean, it's it's been a weird day, as I mentioned in the intro. Um, it broke this morning with Henderson seemingly um, his interest in joining, I will not try and pronounce the Saudi Arabian team's name, but he's interested in joining Steven Gerrard in Saudi Arabia, that's what I'll go with. Um, that has seemingly been confirmed today, um, but by your response in the intro there, do you think it's a bit PR stunty still? Yeah, so I think that's a whole other train that we can explore in a bit of detail. Um, but I guess, unless I'm wrong, Guy, I think it was last night this started, didn't it? It was it was sort of sometime last night, I think. Um, and I, 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 my initial thing, my initial reaction, very much was, look, if you believe this, I've got a bridge to sell you. You know, I, I, I was immediately. This is a load of old cobblers, and there are two ways you can go with that. Either it's somebody who's looking to just drive uh, traffic towards wherever it is that they are, or as you said. It's something that is being orchestrated by the player or the player's agent. You probably will, um, we'll probably get, um, uh, people screaming at the, at their devices when I say this, but it does appear as if Hendon might have a bit of form in this. 
it does appear as if those tactics were very much front and centre. Last time there was a sort of contract renewal. And now, of course, with these new midfield arrivals, the new challenge for the, for, for the captain is getting playing time. Uh, there was some talk of a meeting between him and Klopp today, whether we believe that or not. Um, so that would seem to be when you get, get Ornstein and who's the other um, comparatively well-known local lad, uh, Dominic King, wasn't it? Um, coming out and saying bits first, and, yeah. yeah, yeah, coming out and saying bits and bobs. Uh, that is exactly what happened last time. There was a contract scenario, and um, his his extend his his new contract or most recent contract was very controversial. I think it's fair to say. So if you're going to be very cynical, that seems to be the way it is. And I don't think people can blame us for being too cynical because some people have already um, decided that Henderson is a terrible lad um, based on these rumours uh, and that he is a, a hypocrite based on these rumours and that he is going against all the values that he holds dear based on these rumours. So I don't want to hear anyone saying to me, what are you talking about? You're talking shit about uh, Henderson, PR stunts and all the rest of it. A minute ago, those same people were ready to, to sort of hang him up by the coattails saying that he's a, a hypocrite who uh, uh, is, is ready to turn his back on the stance that he took for LGBTQ rights and so on. Uh, so it's, we're in the, we're in the realm of speculation. It's some of it high octane speculation. So let's be fair about that. You and me and Jim are going to try and have a chat about this as a possibility and what might be behind it. So, you know, save your devices before throwing them at the wall. And do please be aware that there's an awful lot of um, sort of, depending on where you stand on the player, there's an awful lot of um, very mixed opinion on this. And like you said at the start, we're going to try and be as balanced as we can, I think. Yeah, I think that the LGBT discussion is certainly something to be had if the transfer actually gets confirmed but i'm sure as as ai people we will find better suited guests to have that discussion who it affects more so as well so that'll probably be something to come if it does happen as well um, and if you don't if you don't mind me just jumping in here i think mm-hmm. one of the things that's convinced me a hundred percent i was already convinced that nobody nobody believed me yesterday nobody believed me last night Ornstein came out, everyone thinks I'm a lunatic. I've got all these randomers coming at me on Twitter going, well, who the fuck do you think you are? What do you know about it? Uh, and I'm like, I'm just giving my opinion, lad. You know, relax. Um, but cop out have come very strongly against the move and been very critical of the concept of Jordan moving, having been this very strong ally figure. Um, and they've tweeted today uh, on the back of several other people tweeting their displeasure at the concept as well. And I think, given this, my, this has been my stance all the while, it's got nothing to do with Henderson as a footballer. Sorry, Jim, I know I'm going on here, but I just want to get this out, out of the way. Um, it's got nothing to do with Henderson, the football player. It's got to do with what we understand about Henderson, the fella. Um, and... I would have thought now, even if he was flirting with the idea and thinking he might get away with it because of the Stevie connection and Robbie's out there and all the rest of it. And sure, aren't all these top stars going out and, uh, you know, generational wealth. We'll come back to that. Um, even if he was flirting with it, I'm sure that this most recent sort of uh, moral outcry that was utterly, utterly predictable and was bound to happen. Uh, will probably have changed his mind. I think you might see a Stevie Gerrard uh, 2005 
fuck it, I better not go to Chelsea type of turnaround, even if he was considering it. So that's where I stand on the whole thing. Yeah, that's a very interesting take as well. Um, but we made it, we'll delve into that towards the end. We'll get our initial reactions. And Jim, I mean, it's not just John Henderson. I think he'll probably take centre stage because, well, he's Liverpool captain. He's been here over a decade now, etc. But, I mean, we'll throw Fabinho in there for you as well, just to get the ball rolling on him. But, I mean, the pair of them, these are the two, well, these are the two spine of the midfield that have been here. More the successful Klopp here, let's go, because obviously Fabinho joined a bit later, but these two have been the cornerstone of Klopp's midfield, and I'd, I'd probably throw Ginny in there, but he obviously left a couple of years ago. But this news is is huge in the Liverpool Liverpool sphere, because it's just two big pillars in the Liverpool successful team. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch, and those must-have fan threads? Well... Over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to AnfieldIndex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. It is, yeah, but I think it's also two plays that, I mean, how many times, I mean, you, you listen to Raw after every game, whereas I'm, I'm an occasional, you know, used to on it, there every game, I'm an occasional guest, and in that, in that moment just after the match, time and again, we're talking about Henderson or Fabinho not being at the best. I mean, it seems to have been something we said a lot last season. And and in a way, that's because the best is so good. You know, I mean, if we kind of take the baseline of what we class as their sort of standard level of performance, um, they've been below that, but that doesn't necessarily mean they've been that bad. But I think there was times and times and times over the last season definitely where, you know, we, we people would have been happy to see them go. And I'm not saying I was one of those because I think... They can, they can do enough of a job for us to a certain level that you don't let them go unless you let you you know you've got somebody coming in that's going to do better. And I think something I mean, it's a phrase I know we've used on Scouts and Tommy's as well, so over and over again. It's it's about that. It's about letting the players um, decline somewhere else. And I think it's certainly the case that Henderson isn't going to get any better. I think it's probably the case that Fabinho's had his peak. And if the money came in for those players, decent money and we could get that money and actually go and use it, then I don't think, you know, if you just sort of gone back six months and asked people, would you be willing to let that happen? And with the, with the added bonus that they're going to go to a club that's no competitor to us, we're not going to, we're not going to meet them anywhere in any competition. Um, I think if you were hearing stuff like that six months ago, you'd have probably snatched people's hands off in all honesty. But when it comes down to reality, what you see is, um, we were short, very, very short in midfield last season. When those players did play, time and again, they were playing, coming in off the back of injuries, playing too many games together because there was no one else to come in. Um, maybe even being used in the wrong part of midfield, whatever. It was, it was a problem with them. The midfield was such a problem last season. And in many ways, I think what we were maybe looking at was the likes of Henderson and Fabinho maybe don't become the players we rely on, but the players we can, we can look to when we need them. A bit like James Milner was a couple of seasons ago, you know, someone that can come in 
and you kind of know what you're going to get from them, but you're not going to class them as your number one on the goal on the team sheet every week. If we're going to let players like this go, you just have to hope to hell that we've got some players lined up that can come in instead. And you know, you take wages into consideration and all the rest of it. It's you know, there's, there's so much work to be done. And what frustrates me is that we went and got those um, new signings in nice and early, get them involved. They know they're coming here before pre-season even starts. They're here for the, as early as they can be for pre-season. They're getting to know the new teammates, getting to know how it works, getting to, you know, we're getting to know them, getting used to the new fitness regime that they might have to go under. It, it's, it's just exactly what you want in the transfer window. What you don't want is to be losing players that are key players unless you've got someone else in. I think, um, I think that's the big worry for me if, it, if there's any truth in it. But in all honesty, and certainly, certainly with Henderson, I'm not feeling there is a lot of truth in it. I'm feeling, um, I've heard people say PR exercise and so on. And I feel like it's a PR exercise from, from the, from the Saudi team because, you know, they want it to be known that they're looking for these big name players. And it's almost as if, um, I don't know, you can imagine, you know, somebody who doesn't know the sport that well. Um, they're just thinking, right, who's been big clubs the last few years? Who's realistic? What, who, who could we say we're going to get? I know. Let's look for someone who's been an England captain. Oh, let's look who else we've got at that club. Um, let's, you know, let's look for someone who's a bit older that's got experience because that's the kind of thing we're going to be looking for. Because let's face it, I'm, I imagine that players, um, with all due respect to the, um, to, to other leagues around the world, I think you, you find a lot of the time that players who are coming to the end of the career can be, you know, when they're starting to struggle in the Premier League or in, in, in La Liga or wherever, can go somewhere else and be, and look like, you know, a young chicken again because the, you know, their experience is so good and they're playing in a, in a league with a totally substandard level to what they've been used to. Um, and that's the thing to me. I just don't feel, I don't feel there's a lot of reality in this. And I think the kind of people who've been, who've been sort of revealing the information, none of them, I believe, would be telling lies or just making this up out of nowhere. But, it's who's been telling them that would that would be sort of setting alarm bells off for me, and I'd be thinking, well, why are they telling you this? And I don't feel like it's sort of come from the usual. It's not really come from the usual sources. I don't think that we that we normally see things coming from. You know, there's usually that little cluster of people who, you know, one of them goes first and the rest follow, and there's a bit of reality in it. To me, this is more like someone else somewhere else is feeding this information and is willing to stand behind it. But at the end of the day. They know full well they can say all of this, and it, I don't know. It feels a bit like team talk back in the day in some ways. Yeah, team talk still going stronger. Sorry, club, club <laughs> call, club <laughs> call. <laughs> um, no, but I'll stick with you, Jim. I mean, I, I kind of agree. I think I think there's almost a difference between the Henderson and, and Fabinho bit because the Fabinho news broke this morning via David Ornstein, who, as we know. In terms of UK journalists, he is head honcho of basically everything transfer. He breaks everything in this country, basically. Or certainly to do with the athletic. Um, whereas the Henderson stuff we've mentioned a couple names around, and most of them are quite Liverpool-centric. And as as we know as Liverpool followers, Liverpool journalists don't break news. They get... A part, it, we know the pattern. Joyce gets it, he confirms it, the rest follow. Whereas I think Joyce mentioned... Um, an asking price for John Henderson. No, I'm not reading. The, I'm not reading the mail or any uh, the Times, I should say. So I haven't read all the details and stuff like that. But we all see the uh, the, the tidbits on on Twitter from his articles and stuff like that. Um, so it's, this is a transfer that hasn't followed the regular pattern. Whereas I think Jim the Fabinho one certainly has followed the pattern, which we saw even with like say Sabozlai, 
Ornstein broke it two days later, he was in a Liverpool shirt. Mm. Whereas Fabinho, um, 40 mil bid to the rumour. Um, we have no idea how reliable it is, but we've got, I think I put that um, tweet in the group we were organising this in from, I'm guessing it was a Qatari media thing saying it's a done deal and stuff like that. So that's following more of a traditional pattern, whereas the Henderson one, it just seems a bit random, so I agree, but it still wouldn't surprise me if Henderson does go, but it seems to be a transfer that's maybe coming from the Saudi side, as you said, rather than the even like the player's agent or the Liverpool side or whatever. And just yeah, before just just before you jump in, Jim, as well, because an important fact here as well, Ornstein was all over the Henderson one too guy. You know. Right, was he? To be fair, he was. He was all over it. And he was doing updates as well. It wasn't, it, it was the initial, okay, there's a connection. Now it's, you know, the, 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 the agreement is there with the player and so on. So he was all over this, uh, Henderson one too. It's just, just, that's just a frame that up. Sorry, Jim, go ahead. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm just actually reading, um, this is actually from yesterday from Ornstein. I was a bit, I was out a bit elsewhere yesterday. So I didn't actually see this, this article at the time, but he's saying, um, this was yesterday. Henderson's expected to make a decision imminently, um, yeah. considering a life-changing offer, a quad- quadruple his Liverpool salary, etc. Um, you know, and I mean, maybe <laughs> this is the thing that all, all these people are, are telling all these things, and sometimes tracing it back to the initial source is a bit of a pain. And I've heard more noise of other people, and I think when you get the other people, they start adding all this other colour to it, and you know, and and, and and tweaking things a little bit, and making things sound a little bit more, you know, wild. But it just feels. If he's considering it, and and again, I think this is something to come back to. Actually, he's considering it. He sort of, when I was a kid, I can always remember there was always someone or other whose dad or you know uncle worked over in Saudi. Always seemed to be Saudi over in the Gulf somewhere. Um, you know, on the rigs was always the sort of same. And I can remember my dad jokingly saying he'd go and work in there, go over there for a few years, and you know, make his money. He wouldn't have to work again. He never never meant anything by it. And even later on in life, I can remember people working out there. Being paid fortunes, um, sort of teaching or, or lecture, you know, sort of college lecture type, type teaching, um, making a fortune to be out there. And I think at the time, um, the, the way we sort of looked at human rights was probably a bit more black and white in the terms of like, yeah, they're, they're horrible. They stone people and, and behead people and all of these other things. And, you know, they'll chop your hand off the theft. And, you know, these are the stories we all heard at the time. We thought, what an awful place to be. And, um, for most of us, you wouldn't even dream of going there. Nowadays, we've got more information, more access to information, more of an understanding of things. I think, you know, back when I was a kid, homophobia was almost like default, um, you know, in, the, in our national media and so on and so forth. Racist, racism was perfect, was, was awfully bad in the mainstream media and so on and so forth. Um, Jim Davison, he'll remember, you know, people like him had primetime TV shows with racist jokes. You, you fast forward to now, we're in a different world. We're more enlightened. We've got a better idea of them. You know, we all try to be more understanding. And, you know, but there's still, but so there is all that, but there's still that thing that, you know, could it change your life? Could that be it? If Henderson's got, let's face it, two years left on his deal here, he's not going to get another deal with us unless he suddenly finds a, a new spring in his step. He's not going to get the kind of deal he's on now, I'm sure. Who's going to come in and pay for another couple of years? Probably no one. And in fact, given all the injury problems he's had, down the years, you know, there's probably always something in the back of his mind that, you know, you might only have two years left, you just, you know, two decent years left, you just don't know. And so to, to get this kind of offer, I can understand why it'd be tempting, um, if it's true. But the other side of this is all the stories are talking about them being reluctant to pay a transfer fee, which again, it just feels a bit 
often. I'm not saying that anyone, I'm not saying it's not true. And I'm pretty sure that Saudi will be, you know, people over there will be saying things. And no doubt the, the Stephen Gerrard link adds to it all. But really, it just feels like, it just feels like a tall tale. But then again, the, but then we go back to Fabinho. And if that's the kind of fee being quoted, I think Liverpool would take, would snatch the hands off for that kind of fee. Um, because the play has not been what it was for us. And using that money wisely, we could, um, you know, we could make something wrong. I mean, what did we pay for? What have we spent so far this summer on transfers? Uh, 61 on Dominic and 35 to 40 on Ga- newly named Gary Mack. <laughs> yeah, the new Gary Mack. Uh, the less bold one. Um, so 40, you know, 40 million could go a long way. Um, but that's the thing. I, I just, the other thing I'm hoping for is that we see some of the shrewd stuff we've seen from Liverpool over the years in the transfer market hasn't so much been about the buying, it's been about the selling and the kind of money we can get out of other clubs for players. I mean, not just Phil Coutinho, but you know, there's some of our, our players way down the ranks that we've got really decent money for that have never seen, never been, never seen them again. You know, promising young players that we knew probably weren't as promising as, as they looked. So we've, we've got to make, we've got to make that money back. I don't even think I've actually answered your question here. I've just gone off on. Another tangent, but you'd have to remind. I can't me even this. remember. I can't even remember. What it was, to be honest, <laughs> <laughs> can, can I just can I just absolutely congratulate you on the unintentional pun of snatching their, your hand off? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's tremendous! That's tremendous work, Jim. Uh, the thing about it is, as well, just listen to, to what Jim's saying there, guy. Um, before you come back in, wherever way you want to drive this, um. It, 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 it would be almost irresponsible not to take a 40 million offer for Fabinho because, um, I don't think, as Jim says, it's uh, likely that that will ever happen again. Um, even if he has a, a complete return to form, he'll have another year on the, on the, um, clock. And I just think this is what people aren't getting about this. Um, the Henderson thing is totally different for me. For, for, I think everybody's up for grabs with this. Uh, if you didn't already understand that, like, wh- where have you been all summer when you've got like the likes of, um, some of the, the, the biggest names in Europe being linked with and actually going to, uh, this league because it is such an absolutely bumper payday. Um, the morals and ethics of the money, someone else can have that conversation. I don't really want to have it. I see an awful lot of people holding forth about it today and I wonder what would happen if someone came in on the sly and said to them into their ear quietly, here, you can have this if you go there to do that. Um, I wonder how, um, how people's morals would stand up. I'm not, I'm, I don't I don't there's one person who would say straight away, no, categorically, I'm not going there. I think most people would at least think about it. Yeah. But no one would just say, no way. The, 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 the gray area, I guess, Jim, is that if you or I were offered that, that would be a different thing. That would obviously then, then conversations about generational wealth and uh, your grandkids being set up for life and so on, that would come in. However, yeah. I'm, I'm assuming, Jim, that you're not a billionaire there. You could quite be a billionaire and I don't know. So, but, but, but you're all, it, it's different. It's a, there, there's a different shade involved when you're talking about a multimillionaire footballer who is already in that category. Um, that's where the conversation about greed and all that comes in. And I'm not sure I want to go down that, that particular avenue. But when it comes to 40 million for Fabinho from the club's point of view, um, I think you have to take it. 
people will say about experience going out the door, right, okay, but you've got 40 million in now, and we're already going to have to buy a six anyway, so let's do it. My wish, my my worry is, and it has been, and Guy, you know this because I said in the podcast you were on, my worry is that we have a situation where Jordan Henderson is one of the two rotational sixes for the season to come, and we've almost done it right, but we haven't quite done it right. Uh, and I think even if we get Romeo Lavia in and sell Fabinho, that would be what the reality would be. Because I, 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 Lavia, I don't know, if he's, I don't think he's ready to play every game of the season. That would be crazy, right? So there, there are a lot of knock-on effects here. The Thiago situation as well. Thiago's being linked today again with uh, the same league, and who knows what's going to happen there? <laughs> Someone posted pictures of people hugging uh, Thiago today. Several people hugging him affectionately, and I was, I, I got caught hug line sinker. I thought it was goodbyes, but um, I think we were having a chat earlier on, and Dave was saying it's his first day in training, so I guess it's hellos. So that's okay. But whether or not he goes. The, one of the interesting points, I don't know if you want to get to this guy, that people have been making all day is about leadership and experience and how can we lose Big Jim Milner, uh, all the rest of those boys that we, we got rid of, including Bobby, who is a presence in the squad, and now lose Henderson and perhaps Fabinho as well. And what, what happens if Thiago goes too? And I think there are a few of us who will be quite comfortable with the, uh, have you not seen the rest of the squad when it comes to leadership? I mean, two of the new boys, you've got a World Cup winner and a captain of his national side. I think we're okay for leadership. I think we're okay. I don't think these guys are going to fall apart and do a big cry. So I think an awful lot of that stuff is stiff upper lip, British football, cliche bollock talk about leadership. I think it's shy. Yeah, I, I, think- I definitely agree with the leadership part. I mean, you mentioned we have so many international captains and stuff like that. In terms of groups of friendships and stuff like that, that is the only thing, but that must happen at every football club. What of your mates will leave? Like, <clears throat> say Fabinho leaves, who's that? We don't know. We were not close enough, but Alisson's lost a couple Brazilians there. I mean, I'm all for just signing Brazilian mates for Alisson, if, that, if that's what it is. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but, like, we've got him his own goalkeeper coach and stuff like that. So, that's all the token Brazilians for Alisson, but that'd be my main, not main, not concern, but only thing to ponder is losing friends. Does that mean Alisson may fancy just a new new setting if he's lost mates or something like that? And I've kind of threw that up, and that's a bit of a shit thing to do, but... But in terms of leadership, I mean, Virgil's captain of Netherlands, that seems to be a very tricky role, seeing as they're like the most outspoken people in terms of football for some reason. Um, Robbo, Scotland captain, Moore's like the most pressurised Arabic sports star in the world. I'm pretty sure he can deal with pressure. Um, so there's plenty there. I mean, I think, yeah, you can, I just wanted to throw in as well. I think Trent's turning into a leader as well. Mm. I think he, he's, he's maturing it all the time. You know, there's a leader in him that, that would definitely, and, and this is the thing we've not actually mentioned this is, is this part of, part of our strategy to deal with that? Do we get, do we get Trent into midfield more or is that not going to happen? I mean, that's another talk all for itself, but you know, Trent to me is, is definitely a leader and you know, it, it, it's how it's, it's like, a, it's an evolution of the club, isn't it? You know, these older players are going to go eventually. Some of these, these younger players are going to be coming, you know, going to be stepping up and, and taking some of those leadership responsibilities on, but you know, you only need so many leaders in a team. Um, it, it's knowing 
you, you know, you, you work together as a team and I don't know, a lot of the time you don't even need a leader. You just know what you're doing. And that's the thing. I mean, even the new lads, Dominic, uh, I think he's hungry captain, but he's, he's hungry, big, great hope in, in terms of prospects as well. He's captain and, too. Is he captain? Right. Okay. Yeah. And I'm sure you did a couple of the McAllister pod when we signed him as well. And a few of the lads talking about how he was such a great influence to the Spanish speaking lads, um, at Brighton <clears throat> and other places he was at as well. So it's not like we just left Henderson out and bringing through some young players. I mean, I mean, Dominic is young, but he's a very seasoned player. He's been around in mainstream Europe for a long time, and McAllister's seemingly well known for his leadership. So, no, that, that's a non-argument for me. And if anything, if you were to do it to reduce the leadership in the team and, and want a new leader to emerge, it's probably the season where we're doing a big rebuild as well. So yeah, and he- strengthening that argument. <laughs> Exactly. And do you not think as well the rebuild for what, whatever the plan was has probably gone out the window a little bit and now we're sort of spitballing and we're looking to take advantage as this very fluid dynamic situation develops because this is the ultimate um, sort of uh, uh, what do you call that when you've got a, 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 a wild factor that comes into it, into it, into it, the balance. Yeah, yeah, you've got yeah, it's, 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 it's this. Okay. People saw it coming, but they didn't see this coming. They didn't see this amount of money getting lavished around and thrown around and thrown at various targets, or at least maybe they didn't want to think about it. And it has had a massive, massive effect on the transfer market so far. And now we're starting to feel it at our club. And whatever the plan was may well have to go out the window. And perhaps we find ourselves, uh, taking a little chance and speeding things up. And as you were saying, guy, doing two years work in a year because now the funds are available. Now they may not be next year. So you, the, the club has to be able to roll with those punches and has to be able to make um, sort of uh, dynamic decisions on the fly here that are going to be good ones. And I think that's what's coming into play. There's Far too many of these stories for at least one of them not to have some legs. I, I think the Henderson one was always going to fall apart because whether he wanted to go or not in his uh, heart of hearts, I always thought there was going to become too much pressure on him and it was never going to happen, even if he kind of secretly might have fancied it. So I don't think that's going to be a gore. That's my own personal opinion on that. I've been like that from the start when everyone else was convinced it was happening. I still don't think it's going to happen. The Fabinho one's completely different and the Thiago one's completely different and Thiago's been linked not just with the Saudi league but also with Barcelona. Losing those two would be a massive, massive impact in terms of the actual team on the pitch. Um, I'm not going to denigrate Jordan Henderson. I'm not going to talk about him here because I'm convinced he's going to be around so I'm not including him in this conversation. They would be a massive loss. Not the iteration of Thiago who's who's unavailable or the iteration of Fabinho who's lost a lot of form but them at their best and so obviously then if money comes in that money will have to be given directly to changing the plan a bit and maybe getting in one or two more lads than we thought we were going to have to and I don't know about you both, but I actually find that quite exciting. I, I, I would actually, I, I trust us to do this. Based on the two lads we've got in the door so far, I think we might have our eyes on the correct balls here. 
Well, that's the thing. I mean, you mentioned Lavia there. I, I'm really excited about Lavia if it still does happen. I think he looks like an excellent player. But if we if we all of a sudden go from Lavia to targeting Caicedo to many previous targets, I mean, I don't mind waiting a year for Lavia. <laughs> I don't mind giving those minutes to by ba- ba- uh, Basic or by Chetic or whatever the hell he pronounces his name. Yeah, exactly. As, you know what as, I mean, I don't mind. Yeah, as Trent says, I don't mind it. <laughs> 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 uh, you know, I, like, I, I, it's exciting, isn't it? That's the point. It's we didn't see we didn't see this opportunity come. I think most people were expecting a sensible rebuild, maybe one maybe one defensive midfielder in now, and and that was going to be our lot. But maybe maybe it's all up for grabs. And I I I, I have to say I'm, I'm I do find that quite appealing and exciting as a concept. I think as well, you know, Liverpool, this, isn't it? Sorry, Jim. So just say, I think. The, when you're talking about the money as well, I mean, these, these figures have been banded about for Henderson's wages that, you know, unless, unless they're actually very, very, acting very, very cavalier and, and, and silly and, and crazy, which is always possible, that, that club is likely to have a budget that they're going to spend on the acquisition of Jordan Henderson or the acquisition of Fabinho or whatever. And that will be, you know, the overall package. This is how much money we'll pay you. This is how much money we'll pay your club. And, you know, they, they must have a, a, a fee in mind that they know will be sensible and will and will be hit. Because if they don't, then really that's got to start coming out of Henderson's wages or Fabinho's wages to, to meet the budget. But then there's there's another story today which kind of I'd not heard until now, but um the club that Cristiano Ronaldo plays for Cristiano Ronaldo plays for Al Nasser, that's actually had a fee for BAM. Um it's not they're not allowed to register any new players because of outstanding debt. And they're one of the four clubs that was taken over by um Newcastle's mates. You know, by the by the the, yeah, the yeah. king or whatever the the crown prince, whoever it is, um, at the public investment fund. So, I mean, that could be an administrative thing. They've just not got round to it. They could be just um, <laughs> trying it on. Who knows? Lost, but, lost the bill in the bill. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. They, I mean, oh, they used the wrong card. Um, it's it's just it feels <laughs> right. Debit wasn't settled properly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that account. Um, <laughs> I, but you know, they've just been taken over by. By the, the the money, you know, the the biggest money in the country, if you like, and they're not paying the bill. And I don't know, it it'll probably be sorted out. But um, for a matter of pride, you'd expect them if they've got the money to be sorting that out quickly. You know, there'd be no messing about. They'd be sorting that out. I mean, maybe they just spent it all on one player. Um, but as it stands, yeah, you know, that, that's the thing, Jim, isn't it? Like lest we lose track of what's actually happening here. Um, we're talking about our club and our club taking advantage of a situation that is ongoing, regardless of people's moral stance about said situation. But that situation is nonetheless, uh, it is what it is. And it's clearly, uh, no one, no one I think could really make a, a firm argument to the contrary. You look at the golf situation as well. It is clearly an attempt to do the old sports washing. Yeah. Uh, it is clearly an attempt to, um, say, look over here. Uh, look how great we are. And I even, uh, I even saw someone going as far as to say that they're actually deliberately trying to get Jordan, who has been such an LGBTQ ally because they're again trying to, you know, uh, uh, clean up their act a little bit. I think that's nonsense as well. But anyway, it was just a suggestion, but we mustn't lose track of the fact that that's what's going on. So they have infinity money to throw at this. Um, and, and I think that's what people lose track of. I mean, we're, we're talking about. It's, 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 we can't get our heads around it. It's infinity money. And so 
I find myself in, 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 in a position where I don't know that I have any moral quandaries about, um, our club, um, deciding to, to put, put their hands out and take whatever's being offered, um, for one or two players. If we can then go and make the, uh, correct changes to our squad that make us stronger. Uh, and more, uh, more likely to compete. Um, even if it is the season after next and we get to watch these players develop over next season. Um, you know, the other thing as well, though, this about, just quick, just quickly, sorry to interrupt that. It's very easy as well to make the, the argument against Jordan Henderson. John, Jordan Henderson's the bad guy for going. A couple of weeks ago on Scouts of Tommy's, we were talking about Robbie Fowler taking a job out there and, and this was just as Stephen Jarrod had taken a job out of there. And, you know, we've, we've already discussed about the money and, not just that though, from, from, for the likes of Jared and Fowler, there's the challenge, there's that competitive side to them, there's the wanting to actually show that they can do something, turn this club into something good and all, all of that, you know, there's, there's, there's so much to it, but, but really, they're not the villains really. I mean, I'm not, you know, I mean, you can, you can argue that they're playing a part in it, but the villains are Saudi Arabia and the Saudi Arabian government and FIFA for letting them, you know, compete in tournaments like World Cups despite what they've done and, and governments like, well, certainly the governments of the country I'm sitting in, um, you know, getting in bed with them all the time and letting them get away with stuff. You know, they're, they're the real villains and in a way, there's the sports washing but there's almost this sort of sports diversion, you know, the, all the anger gets thrown at the likes of, of the players that get out there when, you know, I think as a whole, football society the rest of it, you know, we all need to be on at them. We all need to be saying to them, we're having nothing to do with you unless you sort yourselves out. And, you know, again, you know, everyone can play the part in that. So big name footballers shouldn't be going out there. But at the same time, they shouldn't necessarily be the people we're angry at. We should be angry at higher levels. Make it so that they can't go out there. You know, make make rules. You know, if you, you're going to never be able to play for England again if you go playing in Saudi Arabia. That would stop some of them, I'm sure. Um I mean, it didn't stop everyone back in the days of... Um, Sun City and all that kind of stuff but it certainly made a lot of people think about it and um, you know these are the kind of things and I think it's up to society and the games governing bodies to actually step in and, and put the foot down but know what can you imagine FIFA really really stepping in I mean well, also the Russia exactly. and Qatar, you know exactly. And can you also imagine a situation where some sort of sanctions are imposed that could not be bought off? by infinity money so it's just it's going to go around in that circle and money will always win and it's it's like when you're having these conversations with people it's like you have to keep reminding them of the most central tenet of the world of uh, it which is that simple thing wealth and power will always win and if that sounds cynical i mean just i don't know crack a book uh, i don't know what to tell you i don't know what to tell you it, it it seems strange to me that it constantly catches people by surprise that oh uh, the guy with all the money and the biggest lawyers got away i mean what are we looking at with manchester city in our in our own league we're looking at the premier league doing all these tweets of congratulations about city and how wonderful they are while they have extant charges against you it's bullshit and money always wins and the best lawyers will always win. And so it doesn't matter. I, I, I get the point you're making. I, I wondered about that as well. Is there some sort of equivalent of the South African sanctions era thing we could, that, that could be put in place? But it'll just get bought off. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, that's, that, that's, that's my take on it. And I think you're right. I think the, the, the real bad guys here are not the lads who are being absolutely pilloried. Like, I mean, 
if Jordan is a sensitive fella and he starts reading his um, his Twitter today, he's going to feel like an absolute heel because all these like really, you know, decent human beings who have decent values and all that kind of thing are going to say, you know, you've pretty much stabbed me in the back here with your stance. The fact that you're going to do this is basically denying me as a person. And I mean, who the fuck can live with that? That's and this is why I've always thought it would come to this point with Jordan specifically. And this is why I don't think it, it was ever going to happen, if that, if that makes sense. It was always going to be a kind of a moral conflict. And yeah. I don't think there was ever, that's why I never thought there was a chance of him accepting it. And I will be absolutely gobsmacked. I'll do a solo pod, Dave Hendrix style, eating humble pie if it happened. <laughs> but I know from minute one when everyone else is convinced it was going to, it won't because what do we know about this lad as a fella it doesn't make any sense I agree I agree um, people uh, just, just a sec apparently Chris Bascom he hasn't tweeted it but he hasn't tweeted for six days and maybe the Telegraph tweeted it or something uh, Liverpool have braced for bids for both Henderson and Fabinho which doesn't really mean anything to me but I thought I'd say that anyway um, uh, sorry Jim oh, yeah. sorry Jim oh, yeah. Um, it was nothing. I mean, that's that's just 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 um, distracts me from what I was going to say because this this is a, a key thing. Is that um, they all want to say that they told you so, don't they? So they're all going to tweet something, say something, write something. You know, just just hint at something. Um, I, I just think I think um, I was just going to go along with what Trev was saying about just don't see this with Jordan, and then the sort of why is it happening? Well, if you were Jordan Henderson's agent, you're you're Apart from not wanting to ruin his reputation by linking him with the the oil money that he would, we and, and with Trev, I'm just convinced he wouldn't take. What you do is you let it play out for a little bit and see what you can get out of it. And you know, I think that that's the suggestion that's been made. Certainly on the little chat we had as well. You know that um, you know this could be a way of getting that two years left on a contract made into three years left on a contract. But I think that's underestimating or overstating what what how well Liverpool rate him because I think. As much as Liverpool don't want to give him away, which they wouldn't definitely do, I don't think Liverpool are in a position, and I don't think Jordan's in a position where he can kind of hold Liverpool to ransom in any way. You know, he has got a price. There's some players at the club that you could say haven't got a price, they're practically priceless. Um, you know, there's no kind of money that would have, that would take Mo Salah off our hands now, I don't think, you know, and we wouldn't want there to be. But, if someone said 40 million for Jordan Henderson, he wouldn't be staying, would he? You know, unless he wanted to, so. There is that side that it could be sort of agent stuff, but I don't know. It's just, and of course the agent stuff as well. In a way, um, it kind of tests the water for other players as well, doesn't it? I mean, who is Henderson's agent? Does he have any other any other players on his books that you know? A couple of days into this, he says, "Oh, I can't get Jordan," but you know what? I've got this. Would you take one of these? Would you take one of these, lads? Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others. On EPL Index, we don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a tad predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa. He does Anfield Index. He presents a tad predictable before every Premier League match week. 
and then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. Have you heard of Hammers Movement? (laughs) 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 It's like Rodriguez, but better. Um, I mean, that reminded me, I mean, Trip, I think we mentioned at the start, there was murmurings of a meeting between Henderson and Klopp about um, him playing reduced minutes, which I think most people would agree is probably two years too late. Um, or hmm. a year too late. But anywho, that seems to have came out this afternoon. Um, now, if it happened, it happened. If not, it's worth talking about anyway. Um, it, I think it's definitely the right course of action if it is so, because let's be honest, last year was horrendous. Even the year we were on the quadruple, I think it's fair to say he was one of the worst starters in the team. Um, so it was a course of action that needed to happen. And now we have the options to have that happen, it makes sense. But we have seen in the past when we have tried to tinker with Henderson's status as a starter, it it doesn't seem to be something he's willing to accept. And I'll, I'll say ego, but that, I think that has negative undertones, but I'll say it for want of a better word. But maybe just self-confidence and maybe the one to playing for England at the Euros next year or whatever. Maybe you just can't accept being a squad player. But it, it's a weird one, because whenever this gets mentioned, it does seem to kick off, I'm going to Atletico Madrid, PSG, now it's Saudi Arabia. It is a bit strange. Yeah, I, I think I think there's a, people are having two separate conversations at the same time. And one is about Jordan as a fella and what he stands for and all the rest of it. And the other is about Jordan as a player. And, you know, within that, then, there are incredibly rabid camps. I've never seen a guy who who has had so many um, quite prominent backers uh, when the rest of us are seeing something quite different. Uh, I'm very fond of Jordan Henderson because of the fact that he's been front and centre when we've done a lot of good things. Um, And so I have no ill will towards him at all, uh, quite the opposite. However, it's painfully obvious to me that there's diminishing returns there from him as a player. And I, I, I don't, I don't think that's arguable. I think it's actually nonsense to engage in that chat because most of the people who are trying to argue the contrary are just taking up an ideological position. And, and I've no time in my life for that kind of shite. So the simple fact is what you said, which is that he is on the decline in terms of form. There is no two ways about that. He is also on the decline no matter what, how many lovely abdominal muscles he has in terms of what he can do in, with, with, with legs and the pitch, was, which was always his strength. So we have a situation here now, Guy, and this is what worries me, is that, you know, just to bring a full circle around, if we do have a situation where we ha- we, we find ourselves in the, being tempted by 40 million or whatever the hell it is for Fabinho, say this is a real thing, uh, and we say, and, 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 and someone gets a, a bit of a, a grip and says, well, Jesus, we can't let Tiago go on a free. So if there's money available, we need to take it. Are we left then with a situation? I think you know what the answer is here because this is my pessimistic pre- prediction. Are we left then with a situation where we do get a decent six in, but who's going to be the guy who's 
sharing those minutes with him in six, it's probably going to be Jordan. And that's what I've always been a bit wary of. That was what was always going to be the slight compromise going into next season for me. An awful lot of people have zero worries about that. In fact, they think he's wonderful there. But um, And maybe there is a world where he can do a job there for us uh, in certain matches. Maybe he can run that Europa League early stage campaign from that position. Who knows? I don't, I don't know, but I think that's a big reality people need to get their heads around because if, as is, I think entirely likely he's remaining at the club, it's going to be a matter, like you say, of where those minutes are going to come. And, you know, there's a lot of competition there, there on that right side. Um, we know that. Harvey likes to play there. Our new boy, you'd like to think, is going to be a starter and he will play most big games there. Um, Harvey Elliott can do a job there. So there's going to be pressure on in that position. So it's about where does he fit in? And that's why I, I think it, it might... I, I, I just wondered before any of this Saudi money started getting thrown in our direction at towards Liverpool Football Club, I wondered if that was the plan because it seems a little bit like the kind of plan that we have seen uh, in the past where we do this kind of makeshift thing. We'll, we'll do so much spending and then we'll do a makeshift. And I wondered if that's what it was. So I, w- I would keep an eye on that reality if I was a Liverpool fan going forward. Um, do you know, in terms of what, how it is he's going to be used. I don't know if, if, if Jim has a totally contradictory opinion on this. He probably do, do you, man? I think no. I think I think Endo's now. I think he's at that stage in his career. And I was interested. You know, I was, I was sort of going along with what you're saying that this story about him, you know, wanting fewer minutes. Who wants the fewer minutes? Is it Klopp? Is it him? He, he's got to accept that he's going to a stage in his career where he's not a first choice player. And maybe you know, maybe his role is one where we try to get the best minutes out of him that we can. Um, I think what what keeps springing to mind is how we use Steven Gerrard towards the end of his career at Anfield, his playing mm. days. And mm. um, I think one of the things I was an advocate for at the time was not using him in the wrong place for a longer time. I would rather have used him for half an hour at what he's really good at than try and use him for 90 minutes at what he wasn't quite as good at. I mean, I'm not saying he was that bad, but we lost that great player that maybe we could have had for a little bit of time. So that's me. I'm not the football coach, though. And I think you, you can't... I mean, with a player like Gerard, you, you could afford to just sort of have a place with him, just give him half an hour. You know, he would bring you something every every game. He'd always put everything into every game. I'm not saying Henderson doesn't, but Henderson putting everything into every game, he's not a Steven Gerrard. He's never, he never has been, and that's not his fault. Not many people are. Um I think this is going to be what he's going to get used to is he's not going to play every game. When he does, he's going to have a role that's, that's given to him that maybe isn't the one he wants. And he's going to have to be disciplined. And when we talk about leadership, um, I mean, I've seen times when we've seen him playing and he does sort of go out of position. He does go away from where he's expected to be and he has let us down doing that. And that's something he's, he's got to learn. Um, he might be the captain, but he's not the boss and he's got to you know, by all means, use your initiative, all the rest of it, but he's got to do as he's told. He's got to play the way he's asked to play. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me if he's reluctant about that. And Jamie Carragher decided to give up on playing because it got to the point where he was on the subs bench. And ironically, he maybe, after he'd announced his retirement, he started to get more minutes and maybe he could have played longer. But he said for years he was a first choice player. 
he you warm up differently, don't you? You know, you're warming up with the subs, you're warming down afterwards with the subs, and um, you're not necessarily in the same group before the game, and um, you sat on the bench watching it. And I remember uh, Carragher saying it just didn't, it just wasn't for him. It wasn't for him to sort of be doing that. He'd been the first chess player for too long, and he didn't want to go down that road. But I just feel like Henderson's kind of been that player quite a bit for the last few seasons, because because of injuries, because he's not been great in terms of injury. You know, he's not been totally fit. He's been, you know, we've been watching him. We've been nursing him through injuries and so on. So I think that will be his role, but he's got to accept that he's almost, he's, he's on sort of holding the baton. You know, we're having a few laps around on this relay, you know, and he's not doing full laps probably. Uh, and eventually he'll hand over the baton one last time. Now, th- that's to me is what it is. There's this transition for him over the next two years. I don't think we'll keep him after the two years. I might be wrong. I bet we've no plans to keep him. And it's more a case of we'll see see how it goes. And as we're getting towards the end of that second year, if he's not looked to go move to the South Coast, then, um, you know, we, maybe we'll keep him on a bit longer. But I just really think that this is what it is. He's in a transitional phase of his career. Um, I know players play longer now, but um, when, when they've had problems with injuries like, like he's had at times, then they don't necessarily play forever, do they? Yeah, I think Henderson's got that eternal youth DNA that some players have, like Lingard and Lallana. <laughs> it's uh, the way, like, I, you think he's 33-year-old. I still almost think of him as that, like, big-eared <laughs> Macaboo joins him 15 years ago. You know what I mean? You know but this year, you know what he's not going to have? He's not going to have that fucking bastard Milner can do it. I can fucking do it. You know, he's not got him to sort of egg him on. He's the old guy now. Suppose I can do it. Oh, good. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, oh, look at him jogging the lactate test. What a fucking bell end. <laughs> um, anyway, um, before I get on to like, what these players mean, I mean, in, from a Liverpool point of view, not, not talking the players, not talking the politics, all that stuff. And Trev, I mean, we've kind of touched on this with, with Fabinho. If, we, if the 40 mil thing is correct and true, and we kind of edging on the side of it probably being the uh, more realistic one of the two. Um, fair, go back to that if you want. Um, but if Henderson, if we do get a proper bid for Henderson and he is willing to go, yada yada yada, ignoring all the side commentary, which we'll we'll talk about if and so it happens. Say if we do get the ten million bid or the twenty million bid or whatever we deem acceptable, <laughs> is it the right decision for the club to accept both these bids? He's, right, so that's that's the absolute crux, and there's a whole school of thought that it's too much to go back to the word earlier on leadership gone out the door, that it's too much experience gone out the door, that it's too much of this Klopp team gone out the door, and this um, group of players who've been successful, especially when you factor in big personalities like Bobby, and even a personality you mightn't have thought um, because he wasn't playing, someone like Oxley Chamberlain who's been around mm. squad. So there's, there's a whole different vibe to the squad. And you know what I say to that? I say, bring that shit on. Bring that on. Let's get Klopp out of his comfort zone. Let's get him having to create a new vibe, a new atmosphere, working hard, getting out of the possibly lazy patterns of banter. Let's open that up again. So I see nothing but good out of this. If we get decent money for them and we bring in high quality replacements of course if we fail to do that second part then it's a shit show but this concept of hanging on to um, stability there's a, 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 a massive amount of sentiment that runs through 
um, the Liverpool fan base for different reasons. And I'm as guilty of it as other people in different cases. I think it's not just the fan base, Trevor. I mean, if we mainly stick on Henderson here, we've we've seen in the past there's been better at times, not all the time. I think Henderson's been a deserved starter like 90% of the time as time of Liverpool. But let's say the quadruple season. Towards the end of the season, I think, maybe not every, I think a fair amount of people probably said Naby Keita was in better form going into the Champions League final and stuff like that. Nobody yeah, yeah, ever yeah. expected Naby Keita to start the Champions League final. Yeah. So if we, I think if we get to take the decision of Jordan Henderson starting games out of Klopp's hands, that is, that's probably the best image of a full reset of the club. That's so, exactly it. That's exactly mm-hmm. it. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, sorry, finish. I was going to say, because, like, it, say if we play Chelsea next weekend, that first game of the season, I think most people would say Fabinho and Henderson will start the game. Yeah, because they would. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think I, we've I, got to take that decision out of Klopp's hand, because he will revert back to what got us to the dance. No, it's a point well taken. The sentimentality thing is not a fan-related thing entirely. And that's what I meant by getting Klopp out of his comfort zone, having to work with new players, having to see who his, his new go-to um, leaders on the pitch are going to be or, or, or representatives on the pitch are going to be or whatever it happens to be. Um, getting a new sort of vibe around the place, I think that can only be good. And if it doesn't result in immediate success, well, so be it. If it takes a, set, a season to bet in, let's be honest, next season, whether we like it or not, for Liverpool Football Club is a transitional season because we're in the freaking Europa League. That is, by definition, a transition season for Liverpool. It has to be. If this new era of Klopp uh, and Champions League and having re-elevated the club to where it needs to be is going to be a continual thing, then we have to think about this as a slightly compromised season. So let's roll with that and all that, that means. That's where I feel um, I'd be excited by the shake-up. Um, and it's not a personal thing. And I've great fondness for both the footballers. But if we can replace them with eager, young and talented footballers who are looking to come in and establish a name for themselves in the same way that Fab was when he arrived first and Jordan was when he arrived first, I think that's a fucking no brainer. And this bollock talk about um, the group and the dynamic, build a new one, start again. It needs ripping up in a way. And we have all these wonderful footballers. Are you telling me that Luis Diaz is going to fall off a cliff because he doesn't have Fabinho there to guide him? Are you telling me that uh, uh, Harvey Elliott and, and Darwin Nunes won't know what to do because Jordan Henderson isn't barking at them on the field? I, I, there's there's, there's a, an old-fashioned concept of what that means. And yes, there is something to it. And I think off the field will be where those those lads, especially Jordan, might be missed most. But but man, if the opportunity arrives for us to take in big money from a load of, let's face it, suckers who are throwing stupid amounts of money around, I say we take it, I say we rebuild in a proper way, and I would love to do that. I, I'd be excited by that by that project in a way that I, I, I don't think I have been by anything since Klopp arrived first. I think we, we, we I mean... It- if, if we do move on, we, we, we have to, we have to evolve. We have to keep going and, and we have to get it right this time because time and again, we've talked about how when, when Shankly was doing so well, he realized he needed to make changes and he made changes. He brought players in and fans were surprised to see it happen. But then 
in hindsight thinking, my God, what a vision he had. Bob Paisley did it all the way through his reign. He did it time and time again. Um, and Kenny Dalglish was, was, was doing much the same when he came along as manager. And then we went through all that hell and all that shite when we were just basically hearing no end of shite off Man United fans because we were just so poor. And we had those little moments, those sort of false dawns when, and Jed was the manager and we thought, great, right, you know, five trophies in one, in one year. We're going to get somewhere. And then we didn't. Then Rafa came in and then to refer to him, some American Charlesons came along and, and broke everything. But again, it was the same kind of thing. We thought we were getting somewhere, got set back. Even under Rogers, we had that brief moment where we thought we were going to get somewhere, but no, it was just a bit of a false dawn. And under Klopp, we've had a very long, we had a longer time than we did on either end of those managers I've just mentioned, the more recent ones. But it still could be just a very prolonged false dawn unless we get this right. And in, in a lot of ways, maybe, you know, maybe this will be a defining moment for us. Maybe this will be something we look back on and think, you know, maybe it was forced out of the hands. Maybe they did get this money thrown at them that they never expected. And maybe they did do the right thing with it because we, we can't afford to just sit back and let this be another false dawn and then sit back and watch other teams overtake us. It's harder than ever now because of all of the oil money, you know, we're back to that again. But it's harder than ever because money talks. Money's what what gets you the right kind of player. You know, gets you you get the cream of the players. You get to choose whoever you want, more or less. You know, we we we've been able to attract good players without having to pay over the odds. And I think we've been able to attract good people as a result. But the big part of that is that we're in in there to win things, and we look like we're going to win things. And this season, I, I, I'm quite happy for it to be a transitional season. But it's got to be obvious that it's the signs that we're moving towards preventing this just being that elongated false stone. Before we finish, I think it'd be fair to it'd be fair to speak about what these players mean to us. Because if the deals do happen, we don't want our last, last our final thoughts being, oh, they've been kind of crap recently, <laughs> yada yada yada. So I'll start with you, Trevor, and I'll start with Fabina, because I think it's more fitting to finish on Henderson. Um I, for me, Fabinho is when we took the midfield up a level. Um, we saw that with Allison. We saw it with Moore. We saw it with Van Dijk in the in the different sections of the of the field. When we signed Fabinho for me, Trev, that that's when we took the midfield up because we remember the Kiev final. I know Moore got injured and that, but our midfield was no like didn't deserve to be on the same planet as Real Madrid. Now. We obviously have a different midfield to City, to Madrid, etc. But I think Fabinho took our midfield up to the world-class level as a unit, as him as an individual. That's what he means to me. What does Fabinho mean to you in his in his time here, if he does do? I listen. It's exactly the same um, in terms of that word we hear a lot: transformational. Um, Ali came in, took us up a level. Fabinho came in, took us up a level. Virgil came in, took us up a level. Mo had already been there. But when we got that spine sorted with those guys in particular, um, everything was so much better. And Fab was like a, a revelation. He was, he was just this force of nature. Um, an ability to stick out one of those legs and make an interception to drive forward, to link up play, to hold possession under pressure. Uh, just the ideal midfielder in that position for what we were trying to do and took so much on his own shoulders 
and was so central to all those trophies that we won and the trophies that we should have won getting us to those finals. Um, let's not beat around the bush. There is an alternative reality where we have three Premier Leagues and three Champions Leagues. And it, it kills me every single time I think about it. I'm not a day out merchant. I'm not a happy in it for the moments merchant. I love the moments. I love my days out. But I'm in it because I want to see this club win trophies. Fabinho is absolutely essential to us having done that. And let's, I know you don't want to go there yet, but I'm just going to throw my, my tuppens worth. And so very much, uh, is Jordan Henderson and his contributions as well. But if you're talking about people who elevated us, if you're talking about players that made the difference from us being a good plucky side playing rock and roll or whatever the fuck it was, heavy metal football, whatever that cliche was. The players who made the difference are Ali, are Virgil, are Fab, and obviously Mo coming in as well. I know Sadio, I know Bobby, I know all the rest of it, but these guys are our absolute superstars. They're the guys on whom, that the spine on whom all that success was built. Fantastic performances around them. Robbo, Trent, incredible lads who have been at various times and will be in the future world class. But Fab was a catalyst in a really crucial position for us. Whereas you say, guy, we were kind of poor in terms of the quality that we had. No lack of heart, no lack of legs. But in terms of the qualities required, he came in and he was exactly what we needed. And just because he's fallen off a bit in terms of form, I was actually quite looking forward to seeing what he'd be like alongside mm. a younger understudy. And that may still happen. We may still get to see that. And I, I, I for one, won't be in any way regretful if that is the case because I'm very fond of him as a footballer. If it is a case that it, he's going to be one of these quickly done out the gap deals, then he goes with nothing but admiration from me for what he has achieved and nothing in the way of recrimination at all. I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, mag boxes and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. Yeah, Jim, for being here for you before we move on to, uh, to Henderson. I think same same again. I think we 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 forget what kind of a impact he had, and you know we also forget maybe well, we we don't sort of we, we take it for granted that you know the, these are players, these are human beings. They have good days, they have bad days, they have bad spells, they have crises of confidence. You know all of these things that we all have. You know, I mean, 
there's days I can't even type, and you know, and that's a bad thing for me to not be able to do with what I do all day. But that's that's the you know they they had these and what he did elevate us. Those players that you've just listed, that spine, um, Manchester City, Manchester United, Arsenal, Tottenham, any of those clubs would have pounced if they'd heard any rumours that those players were unhappy and wanted to leave. And I think Fabinho would have been one of those as well because they would have, you know, they would have absolutely taken him if they could have got him. Um, and that's, that to me is, is, is how you know how good a player we had. And I think the decline, if there is a decline in Fabinho, was too quick for it to actually be the decline that it looked like. I think he was overused. I think he was maybe needing some time, some breaks. That World Cup, Messed a lot of players up. The way the season went, the COVID season, the lack of, of, of pre-seasons. And I know you could argue every player is that to contend with it, but every player is different. Um, I'm the same. I was thinking that this, this summer could be, you know, get these, get these young lads in, get this new, get this new blood in, get it to a point where we don't have to put so much weight on these, these midfielders that we've had. You know, we don't have to give them quite so high expectations so that we can let them breathe and let them be what they want to be. And I was really looking forward to that because, you, you know, young lads, full of skill, full of enthusiasm, turn your head. But time and again, as a Liverpool fan, it's been the old heads that's made the difference and the lads that's been there and done it and know what goes on that, you know, not so much about leadership, it's just more about just showing the way. And they can show the way off, off the pitch as much as on it. And, um, yeah, he, he, he's... It's one of the key players that when you look back, um, you, you sort of name players from when we won the league and when we won the Champions League. There you go. He's got to be on your list. If you were sort of say, what, what's your first 11 from that era? You would surely have a minute, wouldn't you? Yeah, you definitely would. You definitely would. Um, I mean, Henderson's a tougher one. It's weird because he's the player who split decision this entire it's not even an era. It's only two fucking eras. <laughs> um, and it's, it's hard the Twitter just... era, though, isn't it? You know it the is. Twitter era where it everyone's got to be, you're either the worst thing ever or the best <clears> thing ever. You're either, you know, you can't be okay. You can't be sort of, you know, there's no, I don't know, in this country, it's like the Brexit era, isn't it? Are we in or are we out? Well, actually, a lot of people probably would have thought, I don't know. Um, what do you reckon? You know, but it's like, Henderson, it's like, the things I've seen the last few days since this started, sort of rumour started to grow is two camps. The people who can't wait to see the back of him and are calling him all things going because they've even thinking of Saudi and using it as more ammunition to sort of burn him. And the people who can't see anything wrong with him and refuse to have any criticism of him. He's been a great player for us. Um, just... He's not been a Stephen Jarrod level player, but you know what? He's the one who had to come in and take that armband. Yeah. He came here as a boy. When he does leave us, he leaves as a man. Well, it's such a unique journey because you mentioned he's probably the he is the first social media captain we've had. Obviously, Jarrod mm. had the the start of Facebook. But if you speak Facebook, <laughs> if you speak football on Facebook, dark place, lads. Facebook's <laughs> but, a dark place. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I mean, Henderson's probably the first um, social media captain. And we saw him as this young lad who looked promising under Kenny, but we were kind of playing him as a wigger and it was weird. Then he, not struggled, but Brendan didn't seem to fancy him, won that back. And then 13-14 was probably the season he properly broke out as a Liverpool player. He was basically a one-man midfield that season, especially uh, 14-15. He was a bit of a numbers machine, but the team was shit, let's be honest. Um, mm-hmm. 
And then I think a couple injury problems in, in Klopp's first um, three-quarter season, or two-thirds season. But probably 16-17 onwards. I mean, probably 16-17 till 2021. I thought he was really consistent. He had some really good spells in two different positions. was important. And you saw the development where it was like, maybe he was this prospect who had a certain ceiling, but he could hang in an elite team. And then I think they came to a certain point where I think the team did grow beyond him. And I think that was maybe one injury too many when he went that the centre-back season when we lost them all and he played there. And it was fucking horrendous. Um, I think that was probably the journey, probably 13, 14 till 2021. I think that's probably what would say peak Henderson for me. I think that's absolutely fair. And, and, and the fact that it has been diminishing returns since and that, you know, the people who don't want to see that, uh, talk about presence and leadership and setting standards and all those kind of things because they can't talk about the form unless they want to look ridiculous. And that doesn't make his contribution any the less over that period of time you spoke about. Um, I have tremendous admiration for him because he did get uh, a lot of abuse um, uh, in the in the early days. He didn't quite fit in. He was one of those guys, you know, that seemed to be getting played at a position in that Kenny era, as you said. And there were grumblings. I remember them. I remember being on the on the on the stand and listening to them. And then then at the same time, you know, he had the the the, the ability and determination to 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 win it around and take that armband and 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 hoist. The, the two biggest trophies. Um, so let's not forget he was nearly Fulham's Jordan Henderson as well. Well, that's that's the mad thing about it is that that, that Brendan wanted rid, and and it was only just a matter of of, of uh, something happened with a Clint Dempsey deal, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, that 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 basically meant Clint Dempsey, which basically meant that Jordan Henderson remained Jordan Henderson remained at the club and remained at the club in order that he could go and do his patented trophy lift with the Champions freaking League and the long-awaited Premier League. Um, I I I don't think we're going to have to be doing any sort of final eulogies to Henderson because, like I say, I don't see any world in which he's not a Liverpool player this season. Um, but I do, and I do think as well that some people might want to check themselves a little bit. Just to sort of echo the sentiment of what Jim was saying earlier on, we've got all these pylons from people who are tremendous, um, um, you know, um, uh, moral warriors um, in the cyberspace. Well, what, what have they ever done for anybody? What have they ever done for anybody? And, and I ask that because as a person who's finds himself oddly now trying to defend Jordan Henderson's honor, he's an undeniably solid sound bloke who gives a shit about people and has actually done stuff. So while you're piling on talking about how he's a hypocrite with his, um, um, rainbow laces and that's all he ever was, a poser, well, what have you done by comparison? What contribution have you made to the LGBTQ plus cause i would i would hesitate uh for a millisecond and say bugger all by comparison with this guy have you ever done anything positive in your life that's to me have you ever done anything positive in your life that's it all you've ever done is slag people off because that's what you sound like you know 
Exactly. Yeah. They're all coming on talking about how disappointed they are in him and how, how they've let him down, uh, that he's let them down and so on and so forth. And yet he has a body of work there in terms of being a good lad who's tried to contribute, tried to give a lot back. And I just think it's, it, it, it echoes a bit hollow. I, I understand the perspective. I, I absolutely do, but it does seem it, there's a lot of sanctimony going on around Twitter and a lot of people are going to have to, uh, I think unlike I've, unlike someone like myself who's taken a solid position all the way through, a lot of people are going to have a lot of mental gymnastics to do tomorrow uh, when they realise that Jordan's going to be staying at the club and they're going to have to sort of make peace with these incredible uh, outlandish comments they've been making about him as a person. And just to tie it up, Guy, for you, I mean, the, his legacy as a footballer is going to be there in all those photographs. That's the one thing you cannot deny or take away from, regardless of dips in form, regardless of a trail-off in uh, ability and contribution, regardless of whether you think he should or should not be in the team over the last couple of seasons. When Liverpool were good, he was there front and centre lifting those trophies and justifying his position for at least 90% of the fans. And, I mean... How many people can say that? Very. You know what, as well, when, when you go to Anfield, it, it, the social media world is not the same as the no, real world. No, no, no. And you go to a match, and, and he, you know, there's people, there's no, you don't hear hate. And maybe that's because people do what I've always said at Anfield, you know, you keep all that hatred out there, you know, you keep all that criticism out. You're as one, you're defending your team, your player, you're all together, anyone else can fuck off kind of thing. Um, maybe there is an element of that, but there's none of this uber negativity that you get but um, you also don't get the super fan thing of uh, even if he falls over his arse having to hit a shit pass you, you, people clap him it's it's yeah. it's, it's yeah. genuine it's genuine it's not like oh the skipper the skipper it's it's no it's genuine people respond to his effort on the pitch Jim. And, mm-hmm. and i think that's i think that's honest and it's lovely and i think as well when you're at the game i mean this is i'm about the privilege to go to so many games and not everyone has this so i don't I always say it's a privilege because it is. You get to see what they're doing when they're not in the bit where the camera catches them. You know, the bits they're doing off the ball, you know, the bits they're doing that you don't quite catch on camera. There's, you know, and there's loads of plays that you don't realize just how much work they do. And I think that's another reason that people appreciate it. Um, as I say, I mean, I mean, maybe the, the answer actually to this is, um, don't use Twitter as much. Go to Zuckerberg's place because, you know, <laughs> make sure your phone's locked down so you can't get in there with too much. But, Threat is a much nicer place. It's, there's obviously a catch that we've not got yet, but it's much, there's none of this anti Henderson stuff over on threads. Although <laughs> most, it's all puppies and things, you know. Yeah, it, it won't last. <laughs> <laughs> uh, signing off on threads. Here we go, boys. <laughs> <laughs> we've lost our thread. Yeah, uh, I'm just for the record. For the record, the guy who's been um, pushing most of this will leave him unmentioned. Uh, what is what is apparently well sourced information over the course of the day has just recently tweeted that um, the interest in Henderson has cooled. Uh, take that for what you will. Eddie Fack have cooled their interest in Jordan Henderson for now. A deal is still possible, but the Seti side hope to get Henderson on a free or a nominal fee. Uh, in other words, everything is pointing back in the direction that I've been saying to you. It would always point, I think, an awful lot of people uh, will have to deal with the uh, aftermath 
of some of the things they've been saying in a very outlandish way over the last couple of months. I'll delete, I'll delete the tribute to him. Shit, go like you. <laughs> you know. He'd been working on that montage all day. Uh, uh, you know what? I was not Henderson bits out of the Do you know what, though? I actually, in a way, I like the fact that this has happened because we would not be talking about these plays in this way if this hadn't happened, because we'd be kind of taking them for granted and moaning a lot more, I would imagine, you know? Yeah, it's a good point. It's a good point. Uh, it, it, like, it's a conversation that needed having on the back of today anyway. So, uh, and, and by the way, this is just, a, this guy could be a pure spoofer, but he seems to have been on the track of this so far. So that's all I'm saying. <laughs> I yeah, will transfer yeah. windows, don't you? Great, yeah. it's been a great day, hasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it has been great track all day. I think it has. Uh, see, let's see which random country is bidding for players tomorrow. Who's going to the MLS, lads? My okay. money is on Harvey Elliott. <laughs> like it's so. Uh, you know, Wrexham. Wrexham could be the place to go. I don't oh, know. That's true. That's true. West Henderson to West Ham tomorrow. Oh, um, oh, anyway, yes, suit that. Um, anyway. We will finish up there. Seemingly, if Henderson is staying, half of this podcast is kind of for nothing, but anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but we'll finish up there. But it was nice to get some content out of it anyway. We'll probably be more pods as the situation develops, um, etc. And we'll get some other voices in. Um, and it was nice to have Trevor as a guest for once. He could actually share his opinion about asking the question. Oh. I don't mind it. Yeah. <laughs> don't like it. Uh, thought I'd let him have it up. <laughs> uh, but anyway that's us signing off thank you everyone for listening goodbye we hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically there's nothing quite like fan engagement and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show the best way to get in touch is over on our free discord community where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.